0: What's up you guys? Sean Ross Sapp. It is December 17th, 2021. This is your Fightful Post Show for WWE Smackdown and AEW Rampage. Plenty of stuff happened tonight. We had a pretty big angle on WWE Smackdown. Uh, some, Some important announcements along the way as well. We've got Kate Hensler here. Kate, how you doing?
1: Well, I'm doing well for a few reasons. One, with the way our cameras are angled I look taller than the tallest man in the world. Uh, you,
0: Sean oh, Ross.
1: Two, you officially signed your eight-year contract, which as, I did. Your, as your co-host slash an employee of yours makes me very happy because I like working with and for you. And three, last week when I was bragging about how I was there and that I was also going to Ring of Honor, I said I would be insufferable if, if FTR showed up at Final Battle, and they, they did. did. So just more insufferable Kate for all of you. My God. Well,
0: you you, you like guys that. can make uh, Kate uh, more sufferable, <laughs> so, less suffer. I don't know. Whatever. Send us super chat. Send us Humper Chats. <laughs> we would greatly appreciate it. Uh, big thank you to Share Delaware, who is filling in for Luis, collecting those for us. But send them in. that will get your question or statement read on the air. Some of you say, what the hell is a Humper Chat? Go over to humperchats.com. It is our Streamlabs platform. If you have a PayPal, hooks it up right there, and we will read your question or statement as it happens, uh, as it applies to the segment, rather, on the show. We would greatly appreciate it. Uh, today, I dropped an interview with The Inspiration. I hope you guys like it as an in person interview as well. This past week, I dropped uh, Brian Myers. I've got a, a sort of a lost Ted DiBiase interview I did a long time ago that is dropping this week. But next week, Christmas, I've got three really fun ones for you guys. I got RJ City on Tuesday. I've got Chris Van Vliet on Thursday. And I'll actually be appearing on his channel as well. Then Saturday, the sixth Dan Housen interview <laughs> that I've done for Christmas. We will not be here on Friday. Uh, next Friday, it is Christmas Eve, obviously. But uh, I'm sure we'll cover them, uh, cover the happenings at some point. However, we will be here Tuesday evening. I don't know if Kate will be here. She's got the invite, by God. It's I the will. holiday stream, and it's a holiday bonus stream for our staff. Uh, quite honestly, most websites don't give their freelancers uh, Christmas bonuses. We do a show every year that that kind of keeps keeps that alive. And uh, the more you donate over there, the more Kate Hensler gets. So
1: yeah, it, it, yeah,
0: there you go. And so you're, we're,
1: you're stuck with me for a lot of Tuesday. That I means know. I will be there.
0: Oh my <laughs> gosh, she's gonna be in front of a screen for like nine straight hours by the end of Tuesday. <laughs> but uh, we already have that holiday stream set up. So if you want to head over there, donate a super chat now. It is up on youtubecom Fightful. But we will be there 6 p.m. You can also leave a humper chat ahead of time we would greatly appreciate it and so would our staff but we've got smackdown and AEW to talk about i feel like man it i feel like if if we even put it to a vote it would almost always be AEW but i think the most noteworthy thing happened on smackdown tonight kate
1: we can do that i felt like both shows were kind of medium And it makes sense that this Rampage was maybe like a little bit less exciting considering that they, I believe they filmed it the same day as a 60 minute opening match for Winter is coming. So kind of makes sense that it was a bit of a downswing of a tweet, uh, uh, of a tweet. Oh my God. (laughs) That's where my head is. I'm also reading the chat. Bit of a downswing of an episode of Rampage. Um, But I'm happy to start with SmackDown if you would like.
0: Yeah, I think we'll start with SmackDown. Guys, get in your Super Chats and your Humper Chats. We would greatly appreciate it. But uh, we also reported a bunch of the news on tonight's SmackDown on FightfulSelect.com, but there were a ton of changes to this show. Uh, Things that were supposed to happen at the beginning and end of the show. Things that got switched with next week's. They are actually taping the Christmas Eve edition of SmackDown uh, right now they're they're finishing it up and they made a couple of announcements. Sami Zayn popped up and he wanted another opportunity at the championship, which I think is a rightful I think it's a rightful plea, Kate. He kind of got screwed out of it, and he's like, Well, I want another opportunity. Adam Pierce and Sonya Deville said, Well, next week you've got your opportunity at the Intercontinental title in a 12 days of Christmas Gauntlet match. Uh, spoiler alert, that one's getting a ton of time next week. A ton, from what I understand. Zayn is like, I've got to beat 11 people. That's not an opportunity. That sucks.
1: Yeah, I I have really loved all of Sami Zayn. Like, every rendition of Sami Zayn we have seen, I've, I've really liked. But, like, this run, I just feel like he's been, mm-hmm. A, the perfect dance partner for Brock, and B, like, Going into this 12 man gauntlet after having won two battle royals, it's kind of like giving him a little bit of a story here of like, how many guys do I gotta beat all of the time in order to get a shot? But I also am like kind of over it, I'm kind of over Sami Zayn against everyone. Um, because it just like with something that's like a comedic heel, I don't feel like that's the guy who should go through everybody and beat them but yeah this was this was good enough he's just so entertaining when he's on my screen like do I prefer pro wrestling to sports entertainment sure do I still really love like sports entertainment when it's entertaining oh yeah and like Sammy Zayn's one of those those guys for me so um I think he's right to want it back I think it makes sense that your heel managers are making that difficult for him but I do kind of feel like how many types of stipulation matches does this guy have to win to just get his title matches back
0: lots of talk about about Sami Zayn. Zayn. There, there's word maybe he signed a new contract i am working on that before anybody uh uses a super chat or a humper chat on that specifically i'm doing my best to find it out uh haven't exactly got it nailed down yet uh, he seems to be pretty pretty private about that kind of stuff but uh we are working to find it out of course on fightful select this week we did a report that Kevin Owens has signed a multi-year deal with WWE. Some people loved it, some people didn't love it. But uh, yeah, I mean, good good for him. He's making a ton of money. We've got
1: the important thing is it definitely impacts your individual lives and your family. So definitely yeah. freak out about it either way.
0: Come on, guys. Edmonton says first time list or longtime listener, first time Humper Chatter. Keep up the great work oh. WWE proving in the first match. They can book an entertaining match. And have a finish when they want to. Let's see what the rest of the show brings. Fingers crossed. Well, let's talk about that first match. It was Tony Storm and Sasha Banks against Charlotte and Shotzi. This match was actually slated to main event the Christmas Eve SmackDown, and it got flip flopped because they announced Tony Storm and Charlotte for next week. Well, that happened. Because Tony Storm pinned Charlotte in this match. I thought this was a good in-ring match. I don't know how I feel about pinning the champion and then doing a championship contenders match. And then if she wins that, you get a title match. I I feel like they could have just went with pinning Shotzi and then setting up the match for next week. I loved the in-ring aspect of the match because these four performers are outstanding. But some of the booking, I was like, eh.
1: Yeah. I uh, So, in-ring-wise, it was great. And they gave it, like, 20 minutes about. So, always nice to see when women are getting a ton of time, considering the track record of the past couple of months. But uh, I put over hip tosses last week as, like, a very simple, fun way to get out of things. This week, I'm going to give a shout-out to Cravats. All right? (laughs) They are i love so, cravats they're so great right very simple look super painful
0: were, were you on the air when i threatened to put everybody in a cravat at one point i've got a good cravat on me i can cravat the hell out of somebody.
1: i i wasn't threatened on air but you did threaten to cravat me over twitter i think because of football
0: that's fair. That's fair. I've got a good cravat. I can transition in and out of it. I can pin. I've pinned one person with a cravat, not in a wrestling pro wrestling match in a submission wrestling thing. But uh, look, Ali knows. Ali says, never put me in a cravat. She's that good cravat height too. But um, you mean you also, the you newly the Peruvian,
1: graduated?
0: Yes. You can do the Peruvian necktie. I mean, it's not exactly a cravat, but, you know, almost cool, with huh? the legs, like it's a good it's a good one. It's a. It's a great move. I'm a. I'm a fan of the cravat. I S love a and good cravat.
1: I. It look and it looks so vicious because it just kind of looks like you're gonna snap someone's head off.
0: Yeah. Uh, um, I the the in ring of this I did enjoy.
1: Yeah, just some some really great spots. There was one spot in particular where Sasha I think backstabbed Charlotte, who just threw her out of the ring. And while Charlotte was throwing her out of the ring and bragging about it, Tony Storm got up on the ropes, and I was like, that makes you look like. A cohesive tag team and not two people that were thrown together. Like that is tag team wrestling, not two individuals doing a tag team match. I really, really liked that because it was like, oh, well, what am I going to do? And at, during this time where my opponent is gallivanting a little bit here, like, what am I going to do? She gets on the rope and she hits Charlotte. Like, I really like little psychology like that. I don't get this obsession with pinning the champ all the time. I really don't get it before a championship contenders match, like you said. I don't like that championship contenders which, matches. Which, you- by the
0: way, sorry to interrupt. No. Championship contenders doesn't mean shit. It is not a top contender match. It is just a non-title match. That's all it is. WWE people keep stressing this to me. They don't know why WDB keeps calling it this because it's very confusing to people.
1: So it's not a proven ground match. It's like no. a it just is a non-title match and they're calling it a championship contender match. Well. So it doesn't guarantee you get a title shot if you Correct. Win. Correct. That is real dumb. Cuz I'm it's a fan true. of it the other way cuz it makes sense that you A earn a title shot, and B there's a reason that your champion is getting pinned on television. Like I like that when it's justified. I don't understand why you don't just pin shots here and I don't I'll, like I don't necessarily understand why the faces went over in general like I don't know nobody else Uh, has a title
0: (laughs) yeah I if Tony pinned Shotzi uh that would make a lot of sense to me um people keep saying next week is a title match well I didn't know that that's news to me news to me everybody keeps saying that I could have swore they announced it for a, uh, okay, did they just announce it? Or did they announce it during Rampage? Because if so, yeah, boy missed it. Um, well, let me tell you.
1: It's weird they wouldn't do it a day one
0: instead. Yes, it would, especially considering <clears throat> that they're doing New Day versus the Usos for the title there. And then did it tonight. So, uh, Joel Pearl says, yep, it is. They announced that on the show. Man, I was out to lunch on that, wasn't I?
1: Okay, you can't catch everything
0: i can't catch everything man and they like this
1: also got switched around so that did actually get switched around it, it makes almost a little bit more sense that oh, it, way if it's going to so, be a so, title yeah match.
0: so to let people know tony storm versus charlotte was scheduled to happen tonight and it was scheduled to be a championship contenders match tonight they switched it around and that does make sense it makes more sense to do the tag match before but um i almost think uh they're They're going to do a, I don't think they're going to do a title change on the New Year's Eve or the Christmas Eve show, but.
1: Are we going to get a rematch at day one? But
0: it's Charlotte, so they very well could to be like, oh, you always got to tune in. And then Charlotte just wins it back, right?
1: Yeah, or they assume a lot of people aren't going to be watching because it's the holidays and they create another excuse for A rematch at day one
0: well my apologies for our ignorant panel not catching uh the the announcement i i sadly have tuned tuned out so many of those like announcements it's just the sad reality well there's Uh, also just
1: so many of them like migos is performing and this is a title match and whatever i can't even imagine keeping track of that and then what was originally scheduled versus the changes because there's yeah. been a lot of times that they're changing cards. So
0: yeah, I I don't think there is. I don't think it's a slam dunk that they won't do a title change because I they, they've done this before as Hannah mentioned. Big E won the Intercontinental title in a pre-tape Christmas show. Jesse says the pacing of SmackDown annoys me so much as far as the amount of recaps and when the ad breaks happen before matches. That's why I tune out stuff.
1: Yeah, like why, the why announcement three segments for a Viking Raiders entrance that happened again. It was commercial Viking Raiders entrance commercial yeah. again. Like I just can't oh. imagine being there alive for that. Like I would yeah. be so bored.
0: You know, we got to talk about Viking Raiders against Jinder Mahal and Shanky. Raid! So I don't know. Anytime I've seen the cartwheel to avoid the clothesline, it hasn't resulted in Ivar clipping gender's arm oh boy those are some meaty legs to clip that to clip that clothesline but the thing that that i noticed most was shanky worked a lot more than usual he's also in that gauntlet match for next week so this is an awful lot of uh work for gender mahal and shanky uh, or, or it's a lot of work for Shanky, rather. Not a lot, a lot of work for Jinder Mahal. He's been wrestling 15 goddamn years. But Shanky is getting probably the most work of his career in one night, tonight at these tapings.
1: Yeah, and if he's in... I just don't want it to be this thing where, like, they're a tag team, but they're also doing individual things. Like, if he's going to be in the gauntlet match, which sometimes, like, with gauntlets and stuff, you have individual, like, tag teams that have individuals in them in those matches, right? Like we see that usually it's both of them and they'll either help each other out or they'll be tension because can they coexist? Um But I just, it, it makes me nervous because of like Nakamura and Books so It's like your IC title guy is also kind of in a tag team. I don't like when people are kind of in tag teams. You're in or you're out, damn it.
0: <laughs> Who, Jinder and like. Shanky? Yeah. They're in a tag team. Why okay, wouldn't they be a tag team? Can I
1: just do the gauntlet? And gender isn't they—they they,
0: they just got to wrestle singles or tag.
1: They don't even have a cute name yet, do they?
0: I mean, so like, I mean, you gotta have a cute clearly, name I just don't see the problem in them wrestling singles and and tag. What, what's the deal? What's what's the problem?
1: If you're a tag team, be a tag team. Dan. Should, should
0: they be coming all the time instead? Like Veer? Should they spend all their time coming?
1: I mean, good for them if they do, but. I, I mean, just, you
0: you got you got Shanky over here and Jinder in a top contender gauntlet match next week. Meanwhile, Veer is just coming for months.
1: I just he's kind of like if Hook was like not gonna be exciting. <laughs> like it's just like all of this tension for him to just be a dude. Um no, I mean I'm glad they're doing stuff, but I just Sometimes with their tag teams, they're not committed as to, like, if they're tag teams or if they're singles wrestlers that are smushed together for a little bit and then they're going to break up. And I, like, would prefer, because the tag division is weaker, that they just be a tag team. And since the last thing they did was, like, wrap it, hit row, it just concerns me that they're not going to, like, have time to gel and be a real tag team. Um, but this match was, was good enough that Viking Raiders entrance sure got a facelift. They scream right at the beginning of it. Like they used to scream <laughs> at the beginning of his, but I just felt bad that they had to sit there and chop themselves in the chest for three segments before they got to wrestle. It's Ridiculous.
0: Yeah, this is, uh, th- this happened and, uh, Shanky took the pin too. Cadillac Carson says, what will come first, Veer or Sonya versus Naomi? I think Sonya versus Naomi happens uh, if we're lucky at day one, but it's starting to look more like they might stretch it out and stretch it out and stretch it out forever. Because I don't know if they'll wrap this one up by then. Um,
1: The other thing with the Viking Raiders and Shanky and... I almost said Shanky and Veer. Not anymore. Shanky and Tinder is I just... Like, why did it happen?
0: I, I'm hoping that like if Kevin Owens tries to get get out of a match on Raw or something, they're like, "Why can't you wrestle?" And he's like, "I'm looking for Veer. I, like, he needs help." Uh, by the way, Naomi came out. She had a Christmas wish list and cut a promo about how the only thing on it is wrestling. Sonia. Sonia comes out and she says, "While I'm in this suit, you can't touch me." And then Naomi, Naomi says, "We'll take it off," and that is going to be used and thirst thirst Twitter for, for years and years and years to come. But instead Sonia brings out Shayna Baszler and she applies a a good, uh, straight ankle lock and then gets pinned immediately by Naomi. Uh, This didn't do a lot to promote this feud for me. Like I've, we've been on different ends (laughs) of the spectrum on this feud. I've liked almost all of it. Like I think Naomi should win for sure. It's just like, bam, out of nowhere, this, like, it, it, to me, it doesn't do, it does help Naomi a little bit. It, it further solidifies her case, like, she deserves whatever it is she's clamoring for, but it, it hurts Shayna more than it helps Naomi, I think.
1: So much, and we were on the same page at the beginning because I really liked the story that was going here, and I'm very ready to see... The two of them face off. I'm just getting tired of the in between stuff. And here's the thing: you can stretch this out in a few ways. The most simple one is probably by explaining why Sonia doesn't like Naomi anymore, and why Shayna Baszler is in Sonia Deville's corner. Is she getting paid by Sonia? Do they have some pack? Does Sonia have dirt on Shayna Baszler? Like, just explain the rest of the story that's literally right in front of you. And guys, sometimes you can just take a week off! Like, if you're gonna do something that's lame, just don't do anything and put something else there instead! Like, this just did not do anything to move the story along. Um, and like, the thing, the other thing was, Sonia was right. She made it very explicitly clear that when she's not in her ring gear, She's not going to fight you. So like, now Naomi looks like an idiot because A, she made that clear and B, like, oh, did you not see Sonya? This is, we're going to talk about it on Rampage 2, I'm sure. Your baby faces look like idiots if you keep running the stuff into the ground. Like, oh, Sonya caught me off guard again. (laughs) Like It's just stupid. So yeah, the the booking made Shayna look more weak than Naomi looks strong. But I just think you don't have to have every storyline on TV every week, just take a week off from this. Um, so that which is a bummer because, like, I, I think the match is going to be great when we finally get that payoff. I'm just
0: tired. Mark Losper says, This feud is trash. I, I didn't like the way that it went tonight, I did not like that at all. Mark Losper says, Even if they did announce it, it doesn't mean it'll actually happen. Their <laughs> ability to keep their word is basically nil. Sad but true. With taped,
1: it should be a little bit better. They should have an idea. I'm I'm hoping with a tape.
0: But I mean, even then, like I physically saw what was going to happen and it changed. It changed. It changed in in the amount of time, (laughs) like 45 minutes before the show, it changed. Alicia Ellis says, I didn't watch SmackDown because Halo Esports was more appealing, but I'm here for y'all. I mean, again, Halo got Xavier Woods to revive up, up, down, down, so Daniel says, random question. Why does WWE do number one contender matches? And for that matter, qualifying matches. Great way to add stakes. Gives another main event match for pay-per-view. Add stakes. Well, that would mean they would have to plan at least two weeks at a time. And it doesn't (laughs) seem that they're interested in doing that unless they're doing two weeks of filming in one night in which they do. I don't know. They've got 432 title belts, and they rarely do top contender matches for those. It doesn't make any sense to me. Which is
1: 100 less belts than New Japan. Yeah. Which is, so that's a lot.
0: <laughs> Reminder, guys, get in your Humper Chats at HumperChats.com. Also, uh, send a super chat on YouTube.com slash Fightful. Please leave us a thumbs up. It helps us out a ton. <sighs> so, th- for some reason, they felt the need to run back Cesaro and Ridge Holland because I guess it wasn't clean enough the last time. I don't know, but this time definitely wasn't because Ridge Holland and just, and Seamus beat the shit out of Cesaro with a shillelagh, I believe it was. Um, <laughs> of
1: course, was. Why wouldn't it be? Why would it be something other than like what's the most Irish word? They
0: they beat him insane. with a leprechaun. <laughs> They, they cracked him over the head with a loaded box of, of Lucky Charms. That's how it happened. And then Ridge Holland won a very abbreviated match. Again, this doesn't this isn't what gets me interested in the feud. I'm just looking at this, and I'm like, okay. Cesaro won. The fact that he was even taking this match, I'm like, why would you do it, man? You really want that winner's purse that much? Maybe. If so, say say that or something. Why is he even taking this match? Old news. Cesaro beat this guy, and, and they beat debut. him up. Sure. And if you're gonna beat Cesaro, I'm I'm good with this being the way you do it, where it's two on one and he's attacked and the odds are are stacked and stuff. I just this much like so many of the feuds on SmackDown, I got no interest in. I got no desire to watch it continue. I've got a desire to watch Cesaro and and Sheamus both turn on this, this uh, guy, Ridge Holland, and just beat his ass and reform the bar. That's what I got an interest in, and it's not happening.
1: And what's frustrating, one of my most frustrating things with WWE this year has been ignoring the story that's right in front of you. And there is such an obvious story that's right in front of them, like... With, with Charlotte and Rhea, they didn't talk about their history. With the Drew and Jinder, they didn't talk about their history. They made it bad uh, motorcycle. Um, this is like a one that could just very easily go that way. And they've talked about it a little bit. But like, the bar was really, really successful. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like they haven't dug into that at all. It just bums me out that Cesaro doesn't get like title pushes. Because I think he's just one of the best wrestlers in the whole wide world. But yeah, yeah I, I don't care that, about this. Why would I care about this? I don't have a reason to.
0: Yeah, this is uh, utterly pointless. Nerd Guru says, didn't watch the show tonight because it was my second viewing of Spider-Man and both times my theater popped bigger than any recent SmackDown. I, I was, I watched Spider-Man today. Uh, the audience popped at least three times and that does not happen in my neck of the woods. Uh, usually people just shut the hell up and uh, and <laughs> watch their stuff and that that's really about it. But uh, yeah, it was very good. You also should check it out for sure.
1: Spider-Man is just flippy do bullshit.
0: <laughs> Let's talk about one of the dumbest goddamn segments I have seen in a very long time. I cannot possibly fathom who within WWE thinks that the Happy Corbin, Madcap Moss thing is good. The act, the material... I understand that the jokes are supposed to be bad, but they're not that this ain't Norm McDonald at a Comedy Central Roast. Like there's there's no redeeming quality to it. It doesn't make me go, gosh, I'm so I'm so excited to watch them get beaten up. Cause I know there will always be those people. I know there will always be those people that are saying, well, huh, you don't like it, so they're getting the right kind of heat. No fucking sucks yeah it's not good it's really really bad and uh sorry i've been trying to cut back on the f-bombs but man this sucks so bad this is one of the worst acts i've seen since i've covered wwe and i've seen a lot of really bad acts now i'm not i'm not ready to put them up there like Kenzo Suzuki territory yet, because <laughs> I've at least seen that Baron Corbin can be good in the ring. I've seen that that Madcap Moss has some some athletic ability. He was a favorite of Paul Heyman's. If you believe that, Paul Heyman had big plans for him. Jesse Strickland says they just need to go away. They need to be repackaged. They need something else. Macho Penguin says it's a shame. Years of bad WWE comedy has conditioned so many people to automatically react negatively to any comedy and wrestling whatsoever. Well, let me tell you why. Some reason, this goddamn desk, this goddamn desk in which Drew McIntyre put his sword through is all—is at SmackDown tonight. Now, Kate, you got these Come two on. goons. You got these two goons. Hold on. Sorry, I know I've been ranting for a while. No, no, you got these no, go two ahead. goons wheeling this thing around like, like it's 1993 and your teacher's uh, coming to bring the VCR into the classroom. Easy day at school today. Or, or the, the gimmick that, that projected onto the wall. Oh, my God. Wheeling it down the hall. First off, what I want to ask, did they sneak it onto a truck? Did they pay for shipping? L.A. to Chicago? Shipping a desk that size? That's not cheap. Baron Corbin really has money if he's doing that. So they try to pull the sword from the desk and they can't do it. But you know who can? Drew! He yanks that son bitch out and tries to stab Baron Corbin with it. But Madcap Moss, apparently a heel, keeps a man from getting decapitated. What? The hell was this? Somebody said they used a the U-Haul truck. Buddy, no, they didn't. They ain't driving? You think they drove from L.A. to Chicago? They're like, this is going to be so so worth it.
1: It's not like they were in the award-winning Thunderdome and were coming back this week. So just so you know, the gimmick that projected things onto the wall is called a projector.
0: <laughs> no, no, it was called something else. It, was, it wasn't just the projector. It was something else. All
1: really right. I think it's a projector. There was another
0: projecting. name for it.
1: Um, first of all, if you're going to get CM Punk Chants in Chicago, pretending they're saying send me love makes you look like a fucking idiot.
0: <laughs> I, I know he was ribbing. It was an overhead projector. There you go.
1: Okay, but a projector.
0: <laughs> so, so, yeah, you were right. I saw somebody <laughs> say, why would you go to a show and try to hijack it? Talking about the punk chants. To which I replied, yes, I agree. WWE should not have hijacked this show by putting Mad Cat Moss and Baron Corbin on it.
1: There you go. Uh, They wouldn't do that if what you didn't put in front of them was fucking boring. And the reason I know that is because the parts of the show that weren't boring, they were not chanting for CM Punk. So, when you put crap out there and people get bored, they're going to blow up beach balls, they're going to chant CM Punk's name, they're going to do the wave just to spite John Alba. Um, this is just bad. And now it's just reached new levels of insulting.
0: Oh, buddy. It got even more insulting. Brent Lockman says, someone tell Drew that Excalibur is in the other show. Well played. Ryan <laughs> Sullivan says, whoso pulleth this sword from this desk is rightwise king born of all offices. It should oh, be geez. Xavier
1: Woods then. then. Then at least complete it. But the fact that I think that Drew McIntyre is supposed to give a shit about any of this is absurd. I would kill for history lesson Drew back at this point. The fact that this guy is involved in this angle is insane to me. And the fact that Sad Corbin was so over and they did this with it. And this is how they reintroduce Riddick Moss? This is like his big foray back?
0: I want to address something. (sighs) LMFAO, that's what happens when the target audience is aimed towards children. Buddy, you have commented this like six times. Kindly. Kindly move the fuck on. This, the the key demo for this show is old people. And kids aren't going to laugh at this. And what... You know what? Kids <laughs> don't a... laugh
1: at dad jokes.
0: No, <laughs> they don't think it's funny. When I was a teenager or a child, I didn't want something that I knew was aimed towards a child. I... This sword was aimed towards children. I'm I'm sorry. I, I can't understand the idea yeah. of, oh, no, no, no. It's okay that it's shitty. It's aimed towards children. Children love shitty things.
2: No.
1: Do you know why the Lily dolls were selling and the Nikki A.S.H. stuff was not working as well? Well, because it took them six weeks to give their champion fucking merch. But because little kids think creepy, cool little dolls are cool and not superheroes all the time. Like, I think people... Shitty,
0: shitty excuses towards children. What?
1: No, and children aren't staying up till 10 o'clock at night on a Friday that are that young what like, kind of little
0: bitch children were you?
1: I was, Man. A, I was a good child who went to bed with her My God. I wasn't watching wrestling, and I definitely wasn't laughing at dad jokes on my television. Mark Losper says,
0: was the projector-like device in a box-like structure?
1: (laughs) At a local medical facility.
0: Mark says, speaking of things that suck, well, you know what? I'll segue there. Speaking of things that suck, they announced Drew McIntyre versus Madcap Moss for day one. And I had somebody that had the balls to say, oh, whoa, whoa, don't judge it. It was probably supposed to be Corbin and Moss against Hardy and Drew McIntyre. In which I replied, that is also a shitty match to put on a pay-per-view. That is a SmackDown hour one match.
1: That is, that is a nowhere on my screen match. This is the dumbest shit on the an more, already dumb show. It's the bad. more that
0: I talk about this show, the more I realize I like the last five minutes of it and load the rest of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, <sighs> the women's match was good in ring.
0: It was yeah, in the ring.
1: And that was 20 it, minutes of it. So
0: that's good. MJ. Yeah, it did get a lot of time, and I'm very happy it got a lot of time. MJ Johnson says it kind of sucks how someone can miss SmackDown and the main event is the only thing worth talking about. You guys are great. Happy holidays to fight for. Well, thank you very much. But um I did not need to see New Day versus Usos. Love both of them. And you know what? There is a section of Twitter that if I would have put that on Twitter, they'd go, I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining. Not going to complain watching them wrestle. You know what I am? Because I've watched them wrestle 100,000 times. And you know why I'm going to complain? Because they walked up. Right before the goddamn match and said, hey, we're going to face you at day one. It's going to be for the titles, but we're going to do it again tonight. It won't mean anything, but here you go. By the way, you're pinning us.
1: And you pinned us in the who's the who's the best in all of us fucking match. Oh, my God. Uh, why? Why? Well, it's, it's, geared, either- it's
0: geared towards kids, Kate. <laughs> This is geared towards children, so it's just geared. listen, just, just shut the fuck up okay. and enjoy it because it's geared towards children.
1: You're paying me either way, right, for the stream, so I'll just
0: be quiet. My God, This
1: is so dumb. So Good now- good,
0: good matches always. We'll say that. Go ahead. Yeah, get it was, out of the way.
1: There was a really good um, Russian leg sweep in there, I think, from Xavier Woods. They're always great in the ring. That's why they were it back 900 times. And I'll say this, yes. at least, because I was thinking about this during Rampage, because it was not my favorite episode of Rampage um when it feels like pro wrestling and not sports entertainment but the stories are a little more boring and don't like love what's going on it's still way more entertaining because you're intrigued at least in what's happening in the ring like this match that i didn't really have an interest in that we don't need to be having that makes no sense to be having was still way more interesting to me than like anything with like a distracted finish that wasn't that exciting or whatever. So there is like, at least I'm impressed by what's on my screen, but like to say it, it doesn't matter what happens and what we're literally about to go do, because I'm going to see you at day one anyway, which honestly should kind of be the Usos pay-per-view. Their whole thing was day one for like years.
0: Well, Um, They're going to win because they've lost a bunch (laughs) recently. So, you know, they're going to win.
1: And they're champions.
0: But they lost, so Roman's upset. Now, earlier in the night, you've got Paul Heyman waiting on Roman, but Brock emerges. Overall's Brock, which is awesome. Uh, I'll have some news on Fightful Select uh, Saturday on what he was supposed to be doing. Please subscribe, FightfulSelect.com. I'll have news on Mustafa Ali, SmackDown producers, Raw producers, lots more. Cher says, RIP to my dream of a Paul Heyman on a pole match. Moment of silence, please. Brett Lockman says, Poor Paul Heyman, clap, clap, poor Paul, clap, clap. Well, Roman's not happy about the Usos losing, and he's not happy about all the games Paul Heyman has been playing. Paul Heyman then informs him he has not been trying to protect Brock Lesnar from Roman Reigns, as Roman suspects. And I love that. I love Roman saying, why are you trying to protect Brock from me? Because in Roman's mind, he's going to beat that ass. Like, he does think that he is the big dog. And Heyman goes, no, I've been protecting you from him. Reigns fires Paul Heyman, hits him with a Superman punch, and overalls Brock is out. Oh, do I love babyface Brock Lesnar. Listening to the crowd, the crowd's chanting one more time at him, and he does it. He does it. Oh, I, I wish this five minutes of SmackDown could have been so much more.
1: His, I mean, the Roman entrance had to have 15 minutes. We could only give yeah. this segment five. Um, man, so as someone who started watching in 09, I was, you can't not be in awe of Brock Lesnar, but like a lot of his history had kind of passed me by. So I wasn't really watching it in real time. And the stuff was seen and was cool, but like the Roman and Brock stuff has eaten up so much of my watching in real time chunk that I was not like super excited for this. And Paul Heyman being on the other side of things, I was real worried about my interest in this. It's been great. I have loved this version of Brock when we got that like very quick opening video package re I almost said resummarizing, just summarizing mm-hmm. what happened last week. Um The more I like see that and the stuff I saw with Sammy, I was like, God, Sammy is just the perfect dance partner for him. Like I, for whatever reason, like I think Sammy is very disarming for Brock to work with. Cause they just had like a special kind of chemistry in there. Um, and I, I find it odd that this is the place where this happened. It was obviously on the wall. I'm not mad about it because I feel like this was getting very stagnant and we needed to move things over. But I just thought this is an interesting place. Like the fact that this didn't happen at day one um, is intriguing. If this is going to be a WrestleMania main event, we still got a lot of time to get there. So I'm a little bit confused, but uh, I'm, I'm excited that something is moving forward with this. I think it's kind of interesting to see what happens with Roman because people were kind of cheering him like in a facey way today. Um, But I'm, I'm glad that something has moved forward and I didn't realize last week um, that Paul Heyman had said to Brock, like probably future champion or whatever. And I missed that the first time around. So I'm actually glad that on one of these recaps I learned something. Um, so this was just—it was a great way to close out SmackDown. I thought Roman did really well with this segment. He should be pissed that the Usos are losing. As I, I liked
0: seeing Brock eat a little bit of offense from the Usos as well. Yes, and he—I mean—he laid out everybody. But I—I I just love this. I love this, and it—it it raises the question: Has Heyman always been? In cahoots with Brock. I I love the where does his allegiance lie thing. And the way that I have seen it is Paul Heyman's real allegiance has always been with the championship itself and the money that comes with it. If you look back at the the Reigns-Lesnar match, Heyman threw the title in the ring in the middle of them and he was like, you know what to do. I think that it was just him saying like to the title you know what to do you know what way to uh you know which way to lean you know which and it's whatever way you take is which i'll follow
1: yeah and i think um you know the fact that romans had such a healthy reign before brock even re-entered the picture it to me feels like Heyman was like i'm going with this guy because he's the best guy in the company and then all of a sudden that guy wasn't the best guy in the company Maybe he's not yeah yeah so it makes very. Lot like it makes a lot of logical sense that it would play this one. I'll let it play out. This makes sense the way that it's unfolded so far. So I I very much like it.
0: Eloquent says Paul Heyman, such an excellent excellent actor, great facials. Well, that seems kind of personal. Eloquent, uh, Brandon in Edmonton says
1: <laughs> of all the weeks that we don't have a blue add. Jonathan, Brandon
0: Edmonton says well smackdown found a way to suck from the end of the women's tag right up until the brock laying waste to roman once again rampage is at least looking like it may help in the night on a slight positive at least and cadillac carson says roman came out at 9 43 thought there wouldn't be enough time with his entrance alone <laughs> the main event segment was fun crowd was having a blast they gotta shorten that entrance do it during co- doing the uh Uh, The the commercial or something like I don't need to see his entrance. My
1: God, it's not the Star Wars theme. It's like eight bars of music that cycles over and over again. Calm down with the entrance.
0: Mark Losper says the problem with all these segments is they're going to get the same BS bloodline distraction match we've got eight billion times recently. At this point, yes, I'm I'm starting to feel the staleness of that. Yep. Ryan says Drew needs to be king, so when he kills somebody with the sword. He can pardon himself, as is tradition. <laughs> Daniel says, if WWE is going to have Cesaro wrestle, I want them to John Cena. Give him a mid-card title, have weekly open challenges, and let, let him do whatever he wants. Uh, yeah, Kate, okay, because they're not doing anything with the Intercontinental title.
1: <laughs> no, and Cesaro is a perfect guy for that. Cesaro is a perfect guy for an open challenge type thing.
0: Uh, Nerd Guru says, Roman's new merch is the Ric Flair takes his shirts, The needle mover thing.
1: What are Uh, we doing? What is that?
0: I know what we're doing. We are enjoying our mornings with delicious Magic Spoon cereal, Kate. I legitimately eat this stuff every weekday morning. Growing up, cereal was one of my favorite parts about being a kid. Then when you get older, if you're trying to stay in shape, You probably got to kick cereal to the curb, but not with Magic Spoon. Zero grams of sugar, 13, 14 grams of protein, only four net grams of carbs in each serving, and only 140 calories per serving. Keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, and low-carb. And it's got all your favorite flavors. Maple waffle, cookies and cream, cinnamon, blueberry, peanut butter, frosted, cocoa, fruity. You can uh, add all these flavors to your custom bundle right now and go to magicspoon.com slash Fightful, save $5 off your order. Use that code Fightful. And how about this? You might say, oh, oh my gosh, I don't know if I like it. What if I don't like it? Well, you know what? If you don't like it, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. If you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. They're not going to go, oh, my gosh, why didn't you like my cereal? Why didn't you like it? It doesn't matter. They're not going to ask you any questions. You just get your money back. There's nothing to lose. One of my favorite things is that it lasts longer than than regular cereal because one serving of regular cereal is never just one serving. You go back and forth to the cupboard. It's garbage. It spikes your, your, your sugar levels, and you want more. But Magic Spoon fills you up, fills me up at least, with one serving. Magicspoon.com slash Fightful. Excited to work with them uh, throughout 2022 again. Uh, we've got them on board. Very happy about that.
1: So you get $5 off if you use the code Fightful? hmm What could you do with that other $5? I just, I'm just trying to think. It's not like you could subscribe at com for such a little Well, low you rating. could, actually. What?
0: You could. I you actually could. You get you get <laughs> seven at least seven weekly shows, by the way. We had a pilot for a new show that dropped on Fightful Select this week, coexisting with Maggie and Rob. Everybody loves Maggie. No, every Everybody loves Maggie. And it's Rob's also impossible. there. Rob's also there. How about that? We're throwing in Rob. We, we're throwing in Rob. They talk Kevin Owens. They talk Winter is Coming. All kinds of good stuff. Check that out. Send some feedback. Uh, we love to throw bonus shows up there as well. So check Matt Reichel says, sending this Humper Chat to SRS and the bestie Kate Hensler. Well, watch the review later since GCW from LA is on and Denise is ring announcing. Thoughts on the men's and women's Owen Hart Cup. Well, as Matt did here, if it's before a show and you want to send a Super Chat or a Humper Chat and you're not going to be here live, that's the benefit of HumperChats.com. You can send them whenever and they'll get read on the air. Uh, So let's go ahead and talk about this. The Owen, I'm so happy about this. Uh, Also, Rob Wilkins says, check out coexisting podcasts with Rob Wilkins and Maggie on Fightful Select. You don't got to send a chat, Rob. It's on our platform, buddy. It's on our platform, man. I'm going to plug it. But But um, friends
1: supporting friends. I love it. It. That's true.
0: Owen Hart Cup announced. There's going to be more details soon, but it's going to happen in May. The finals are going to be at double or nothing. I like this. Yet another non-title uh, feud for people to, to go after. And Owen Hart's name carries something. It carries some meaning. There aren't a lot of people that are going to be around today that haven't been inspired or don't appreciate or love the work of Owen Hart or his family. So I think this is really, really great.
1: Is, because they were supposed to make an announcement about this that Winter is Coming. And I yes. think... The speculation was um that Canada, because of COVID protocol, is scaling some stuff back and maybe they were hoping to do things in Canada with the Owen Hart Cup. Yeah. Is that is that like a, a viable sounding theory, maybe?
0: Maybe, maybe. I don't maybe know. Maybe
1: something you're looking into.
0: Off the top of my head, I think Serena Deeb should win the the women's oh. because of her comparisons. Like she's getting a lot of comparisons from her peers to Bret Hart. I think that uh, her with Martha in the ring... I mean, you know what? I'm sure they'll probably get Bret for it, too. I mean, why wouldn't they? Oh, yeah, of course. Why wouldn't they? I always Um, forget
1: that he did the... um, Yeah. that that MJF promo, too.
0: (laughs) But uh, I'm glad to see that that Martha Hart has... I mean, not softened her stance. She didn't want anything to do with WWE. But I'm glad that this is happening because it, it showed... Like, I think a lot of people probably judged Martha without knowing her stance on things and how she felt, especially before dark side of the ring. It's not that she hates wrestling. She hates WWE. Um, And, you know,
1: understandable in my opinion. Yeah, I'm not
0: one to tell somebody how to grieve. That's how she feels. That's how she feels. But I'm glad that we're probably going to get Owen Hart figures and Owen Hart in a video game and probably going to get Owen Hart merchandise and uh, a tournament that will mean something to a lot of people and as long as A to B presents it as meaning something, it will mean something.
1: And I feel like they often do. Like, and I, I think with if they're gonna bother to get Owen Hart's name, yeah, um, they'll they understand the weight that that carries. I think Serena's a slam dunk for for the women's. For the men, man, I I really want to say Danielson, but it's just hard to yeah. see where he's he's gonna fall in the card. What do you think for the men? Ooh, I would say Kenny that, if Kenny was back, but I think it's a little soon.
0: Yeah, that's tough. I it, it'll take me a couple months to see where where everything kind of lands. shakes there.
1: out, yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, a lot of people asking if Brett and Martha still have issues. You never know what might bridge those gaps, what might fix those issues. You just never know. You never know.
1: I do Jod- think that Brett Hart might still have a little bit of resentment against Hulk Hogan, though something tells me
0: (laughs) yeah check out my bret hart interview in the archives by the way guys very happy about that todd hand cam thc sends oh that's just todd cam or maybe it's humper i don't know what the hell that means (laughs) either way so celebrating a new job and more more a more recent past drug test by watching rampage and eating doritos if you catch my drift (laughs) (laughs) these multi-tags have me pumped for the trio's titles what do you think AEW needs to do in order to set up an effective trios division? I think they've already got one set up. I think they already have one set up because when you think of it, look at the, well, I think, okay, if you want me to say, what should they do to to build it, have dark order on more because they've kind of just vanished the last couple of months. But when you look at it, dark order, multiple combinations of it, death triangle, the elite, possibly the indisputed era, you got the factory, HFO, Inner Circle, Pinnacle, Nightmare Family, Jurassic Express, Team Taz. You even got like the Wingmen. You've got There's the There's the
1: one that matters. The Wingmen. Yeah, men. you
0: got you got the the Ass Boys. The ass, the ass boys. boys.
1: I would be very intrigued to see if House of Black adds Brody King. And I think if Lance Archer is healthy, he should be the third there. But and that could also turn into a nice little trio situation.
0: Perhaps Leo and Top Flight. Like, there's there's a lot of, lot of people.
1: Perhaps like Shane,
0: there, there's Shane like already Promotions. 10, yeah, there's 10, 15 uh, teams already ready to go. Chris Rain says, Tony is giving us Hook for Christmas. Yes, Hook announced. Alicia Ellis says, all I want for Christmas. And Hook looks like I'm getting it. Honestly, when I heard that, I was like, shit, I'm going to be streaming Christmas night. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought.
1: There's so much everybody's Christmas money. It's going to be poured into Super Chester.
0: <laughs> Andy Slamberg says, Brian Pillman Jr. for the men. There's an obvious generational oh. tie. Possibly, yes. Possibly. Or maybe there might be somebody beating him <laughs> like late in the tournament for that. Alicia says, did you all see the picture of Britt and Jay White that he tweeted? Yeah, but I mean, people these people see each other all the time. Like they they're around each other all the time at conventions and signings and the like.
1: And Jonah Jay White Jordan, especially, I feel like is everywhere.
0: <laughs> yeah, Jonah Jordan says if Omega is out a while, do you think we'll get undisputed Era versus Bucks and reunited Hangman as Cole goes for the title in twenty twenty two or too soon? I think what we're I think we're gonna get. Like a like red dragon versus the Bucks. But then I think the big match is Undisputed Era and the Elite. To me, that is too big of a match to not do.
1: Yeah, it's just sitting right there. And I think Tecanti gets the pin and wins. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Canario says How is the Owen Hart Cup not taking place at the Calgary Stampede next summer? More Canadians are vaxxed, willing to mask and pay more per ticket. Uh, per employee testing. Give us what we want. I I wouldn't be surprised if it happened there in future years, but I think everything is too uncertain right now.
1: Yeah, especially right now. It seems like it's picking right back up, so.
0: Well, Dan Lambert picked right back up. Mark Losper says, turned off the show when Lambert came on. Went away, did something else. Got caught up on it, missed the rest of the show. Does (laughs) AEW have data that shows that Lambert is secretly a draw? Yeah, they do. It is the testimony of guys like Scorpio sky and Ethan page who say, we get it. We know that his promos aren't what everybody likes, but then when he's in the ring, you cannot hear anything else. That is the data. That is the data. I mean, quite honestly, if you don't like something and you want it to go away, you just shut up about it. That's why a couple of years ago when Corbin was like getting this push and it wasn't like good stuff, I went to a live show and he got booed out of the building. So I could see why Vince McMahon was in Gorilla going, ah, goddamn, it's great, pal. When at home it was like this this terrible kind of heat live in the venue, it was not. That's how it is with Dan Lambert, Kate. Sad but true.
1: I do not care. I don't
0: listen, haters gonna hate, and the SRS ones are gonna allegate. Because we got that beautiful, wow. beautiful alligator swoosh. I Not hope that Dan Lambert knows anything about that. You haven't
1: Chris... hurt yourself stretching for that reference because that was a reach.
0: No, it wasn't. No,
1: It wasn't. was a bit of a reach.
0: Signed a shoe deal this week. Signed Chris a sneaker
1: Rain... deal? Signed an eight-year contract? <laughs> just,
0: just Signed a shoe deal this week. Oh. Chris Rain says, whatever you do, don't insult Rhodes at the top. That's where Cody draws the line. Cody's like, my child, Excuse my me. my late father, Fine. my wife, my brother. Oh, you're talking about my my show?
1: My show? <clears throat> mm. Roads to the top. Here's the thing. I don't buy that Tony Khan would pay somebody to come just talk shit on his promotion all the fucking time. It's stupid. It makes no sense. Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page are great on the mic without him. I hate this. I hate it so much. If it leads to Scorpio Sky and Sammy Guevara having a title match, great. But you know what? They could get there without him. It, I it don't care. And now none of his UFC guys are even, Er, MMA guys are even around. Yeah. So, really, what is the point of him being there? The only person that I cared about in the whole thing was Paige Van Zandt and she's not there. I do not care.
0: Well, I care about Ethan Page, and he will be at Toy HQ on Sunday in Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, He, Hornswoggle, and Dan Housen will all be there taking pictures, signing autographs. Go buy Toy Vomit or Toy HQ in Lexington, Kentucky. I'll be there before the doors open. Do you see
1: what I work with? Oh, my eight-year contract and my sneakers and my toys and all my friends. Yeah,
0: I mean, I will be there hanging out with them before the <laughs> doors open, you know. <laughs>
1: You've earned it, buddy. You earn every perk you get, my friend.
0: Sammy Guevara comes out, beats up the heels, and we get the face off. We get the face off.
1: Sure do. Got-
0: Jonah Jordan says, do you think Cody was like, who gets booed more than me? Lambert. Put him in. Put him in there. <laughs>
1: thing just i kind of like cody flirting with both tunnels though like i I, yeah. I i don't mind it because we haven't seen that story in aew at all and i think like i kind of get why cody gets booed but not fully like
0: i was i was waiting like when jordan grace and anthony Agogo were going at each other the other day did you see that
1: i didn't is there tea
0: what? well yeah anthony Agogo tried to work and be like lol gresham is short and Jordan Grace wasn't having it. And they were going back and forth. He's like, who are you? And Jordan's like, Man, you gotta do better. I was expecting her to be like, you're the guy that Cody puts with himself when he wants to look likable. And- Jordan
1: Grace in person, by the way. Well, I saw her at Final Battle at the hotel after. She is like the most beautiful woman in the world. Like 80s movie. Everything's in slow motion. Like, wind in her hair. I was just like, she is so stunning. And She's yeah.
0: currently on Twitter trying to get Deanna Perrazzo to come to her hotel room for lotion. I just feel like that's important news to share with the world.
1: I think everybody is going to tune out of our show if you yeah. tell them that that's what's going on. Just like I wanted to tune out when Dan Lambert was on my screen. Sure. I do not care. I would much rather have seen Sammy Guevara, I don't know, fight someone for his title.
0: Seamus is on Raw Talk, says who knew Cora Jade was the Undertaker, RIP Darby. Yeah, I don't want to really jump into that one. Uh, Eloquent says, AEW versus Fox News is the real ratings war, LOLs. That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> that was some some, some uh, petty little fun. Jeremy ran a, a headline by me that I had to shoot down, but oh, man.
1: <laughs> Which is rare, by the way. If you let tree semen fly, you'll let yeah. a lot of things fly.
0: Irie. <laughs> I don't want to talk about semen flying anywhere. <laughs> Irene says Lambert is a channel changer for me. Mady <laughs> Hill Cody as a tortured soul waiting to set himself on fire. For cheers is fascinating. Oh man, uh, Buster but we, also
1: not a fan of Dan Lambert. Clearly, yeah. Buddy. We
0: got we got the elite plus Bobby Fish because young bucks make sure that. That I love we that. know that we make sure that Bobby Fish is not a part of the elite. Against I was going to
1: say they were like, and Bobby Fish.
0: Yeah. <laughs> against <laughs> so, best friends in chaos. This is the most simple way to, to like continue this type of feud. And uh we're we're moving towards Orange Cassidy versus Adam Cole. I think next week on Dynamite, yeah. Uh and, it's it's
1: a number one contendership.
0: Now. Yeah. But, I mean, Fish is there to eat the pin. That makes a lot of sense. Sure. I I honestly thought last week for a second, I was like, oh, my God. they Trent's actually still hurt. And they wrote him off again. I thought, oh, well, maybe he was just there because it was close to his hometown. And he's actually got to heal up his neck more. And they did the, the gimmick at the end where they all hit the BTE trigger on him to write him off even longer. But he worked tonight. He got the pin. I think it's great that he got the pin. And this match humped as it will often hump
1: it sure did i think sue's faction of chaos which has no ties to new japan is great um <laughs> i this match was great I, it's it's not gonna be bad when you have this caliber of of in-ring work um and i i also like fish eating the pin and i also popped for Rapunky vice being back together a little bit that was really fun so this was just, yeah, solid match. Kind of keeps the train moving, which I think is a lot of Rampage. You're not going to see a ton of story developing, probably. Things just kind of move along. But this this was great in ring work. And it's always nice with Orange Cassidy because he's so gimmicky or whatever. But he can really go. Like, he's a great wrestler. So just nice when we get reminded of that.
0: You always know you're going to get at least one, like, really awesome, like, multi-person tag match in on Rampage, like that seems to be one of the wheelhouses that it's, that it is it fit into is almost like the road to shows in, in Japan. And like, I, I do like that. This has become kind of like an Adam Cole show too. Like he wrestles on this show an awful lot. And I, I really dig that.
1: Would you say it's more of a roads to show?
0: We're just going to go ahead and mute Kate. Uh, we got a promo for the women's TBS title tournament of course uh pretty pretty simple straightforward stuff there we also got ty conti penelope ford this was much quicker than i had anticipated but i liked it a lot too because there were a lot of submissions in this submission match that i had not seen utilized before now there there were some that i thought were getting a little too cute for their own good for example uh, Penelope had a cravat applied and she had a, a bridge on it. And you don't need a bridge on a cravat like that. In fact, if you don't have a bridge and you've got a cravat applied, it can you can alter the, the pressure on it forward, backward, to the side a little bit more because you're cutting off carotid arteries there. I don't think you need that. Plus, if somebody scoots you back while you're in a bridge, it's going to be really bad for your neck too. So it didn't make a lot of sense there. Conchi busted out a couple of really, really good submissions. There was like almost a double arm bar that she busted out, and then the finish. Oh my God, did I love loved that finish! The finish, and Taz was marking out for it too, which I really, really loved. Let's talk about the match itself before I talk about the post match.
1: Yeah, those were two very different things for me, huh? So, Yeah. Right. <laughs> I- I really liked this match. I think if Tay holds a title at some point, submission matches should be something that maybe she like tries to introduce in a, in in a pretty common way. I've loved, like I'm an ROH mark. I have my G1 supercard shirt on as we speak, but like, I loved the pure division because I I think there are things that um, when you make them consistent, but are also specialties, it just adds a really unique flavor. I think a title run that has a bunch of submission matches in it because it's, the champion's advantage in a way could be something that's really cool for her. Most of the spots I thought were great. There were some that were just like a little bit more look at the submission that's applied uh, rather than I'm trying to win the match with this move, but nothing too egregious. I thought there were some that Penelope could have sold a little bit better, just like a few spots. And just like when you're doing a submission match, the work that isn't submissions gets kind of weird sometimes. Like I feel like Tay hit a pump kick at one point that was pretty vicious. And Penelope, I don't think really sold it because I think like you're in this groove of selling submissions that when you actually get hit with something, it just feels a little awkward. But um most of this match I, I really, really liked and I hated everything after
0: and it. Then, <laughs> yeah, this, the <laughs> that post-match because the bunny's there and she's got those goddamn brass knuckles, which I have been over for like a month period. I I don't need the brass knuckles anymore. HFO. Hey,
1: Conti said in a promo she didn't want to see. So you think maybe everybody in the world might see it coming, including the referees. (gasps)
0: Well, Brent Lockman says, even in kayfabe, challenging a legit black belt in judo to a submission match seems insane. Really fun, though. Penelope could take a hell of a beating. Well, so can my patience. Because... (laughs) A couple of things I didn't like. Tay, when she has a submission locked in, going after the bunny on the, on the apron. Like, what What the hell is Anna Jay there for? Why are you bring your friend here if you're going to be going after him? Stop making these baby faces look stupid because nobody wants to cheer for somebody stupid. Now, oh my God, I am so ready for this feud to be over the bunny penelope ford anna jay tay conti it's been going on since august i'm ready to move on well but don't you want long-term storytelling no i don't with this the story's been told and the story is feud that i'm done with that's all (laughs) it is i'm done with this feud give Uh, them fresh people
1: Give them fresh people, for the love of God. Where is Layla Hirsch on my television? Where, like, I'm just, um. Art Wrestlecade.
0: I wanted to take a picture where she was taller than me. I think that would be very funny.
1: But she, you mean she's not?
0: Well, she is. (laughs) I just wanted everybody to see. Oh,
1: right, right. Of course. Of course. So, I just, what's amazing to me is this started before Tay's title shot with Brett. So they had just like abandoned this program and then went right back to it and it's still oh, not over it's... and nothing new has happened since.
0: No, they, they wrestled the Bunny wrestled Tay Conti on the 3rd episode of Rampage. I remember back back in August in Mil- the Milwaukee show they wrestled each other. For the love of god. And even before that like Tay Conti wrestled the Bunny on an episode of Dark in July. Like, this has gone on forever. They were wrestling, like, all... I mean, they wrestled on Dynamite in, like, April. They had a bunch of matches, if you remember. There was Nyla Rose and the Bunny against Sheeta and Tay. So they haven't really detached from each other since, like, April.
1: At, like, any point.
0: Like, for any extended period of time. Maybe, like, a month. And then it's like, well, let's pick it back up.
1: This is like see when...
0: other people
1: that's what I was literally just gonna say it's like when I have a friend who just won't stop texting their ex I'm like get over it like get you gotta... your CDs out of his truck and go wrestle other CDs people Hes up his truck That's it like and they have the roster for it now like this feels like all the complaints that we have about Smackdown and raw really across the board like are centralized to this feud like it, it's tired it doesn't make sense the same stuff is happening over and over again i don't know why they even hate each other this much at this point um and i hate baby faces looking dumb and i hate referees looking dumb and this to that to both you gotta know if bunny's coming out the brass knucks are behind her
0: mark losper says the bunny clearly took the lesson of do the same thing over and over and over and over and over again out of beating Roman in the demo that one time and Brent Lockman says this feud has lasted longer than the HFO. We had news on, on what was up with Angelico before his dark return and Mark Quinn. Uh, they, they were both sideline uh, Angelico personal stuff um, and Mark Quinn was, has been injured. So that's a bummer because the butcher is also injured and, without the butcher it's like it's just the blade and isaiah cassidy and matt hardy hanging out because jack evans is in mexico getting extorted or something like good god
1: i hope they chris, have a good insurance plan at the hardy yeah. family office
0: chris rain says seems like the crowd reaction gets every gets louder every time for adam cole's entrance that's what you want <laughs> that's what you want greg's greg and peter Burris says the feud has been going on longer than veer has been coming <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> of all the weeks not to have a Bluetooth uh, ad. I swear to God.
0: Eloquent says, Mark Henry should do the main event bent on Dynamite 2. It's really over. And Cadillac Carson says, I love how over Mark Henry's line is. That part alone makes me enjoy Rampage even on a lesser episode. Plus, it's easy to like M- Mark Henry and just be excited that something like that is working out for him. I like that that is tradition and they, they wedge it in there every time because it's one of those things that it's fun. It's not like when Vince was having everybody come out and like Randy Orton would have to say, well, I guess I should say, welcome to Monday Night Raw. And they had Damian Priest go, I've always wanted to say this. Welcome to Monday Night Raw. No, you haven't. Because nobody says that shit, ever. This is just Mark Henry saying it. It's his thing. And he said it, after the promo where the heels are all trying to get at Eddie Kingston and company and Eddie Kingston just cuts him off and said, shut up, we're going to fight. Loved it.
1: I love Eddie Kingston so much. He was like, I, did, he, I think he said, I don't want to have to do this. <laughs> like, I don't have to do this, but I'm going to have to come out and kick your ass. Mark, say your line. I love Eddie Kingston. So much, partner. I love him. This was so great. Um, that's how Eddie Kingston would react to this whole thing. There's some people who are gonna use it as an opportunity to try and get under their opponent's skin. And then there's Eddie Kingston who's always ready to fight everybody and just wants Mark to say his line so he can go kick people's asses. It feels so organic and so real. I just Eddie Kingston's mic work is just some of my absolute, absolute favorite. And I'm very intrigued by the booking of this match and we can talk about the match. And then I'll tell you why I'm really excited about it.
0: Brent Lockman says Eddie Kingston still chasing 2.0 and Garcia. And it's been two days since they taped this. And Ricardo says, am I the only one who was confused by the finish for it? That looked like a kick out WTF. So the crowd thought it was the ref didn't Daniel Garcia gets a big big pin on eddie kingston this is a big deal this is a a good one for daniel garcia and this is how you start to build somebody what do you think of the match itself and the confusing finish there
1: okay so i think the confusing finish is good um because i think it gives eddie kingston an opportunity to say like you didn't really beat me and i don't think it's going to be a the ref didn't get the count right. I think Eddie Kingston's gonna be like, "That was a weak ass victory," because that's the kind of guy he is. It's not so much about like, oh, the nuances of it. He's just like, "What a what a weak what a weak victory you had." Um, I think one thing AEW does extremely well is they book people to look really strong, and they protect people that lose. And this victory reminded me a little bit of when Scorpio Sky got a win over Jericho where it's like sometimes they'll just like snap you with one and that's okay. Cause it doesn't happen all the time. Like it doesn't have to be perfect. And it's, it's good and it's gritty and it's dirty when it's not. And I think this is one of those cases where like wins and losses really do matter in AEW, I think for the most part, but Eddie Kingston is not a guy that they need to matter to that much. So if you're going to have someone surprisingly eat a pin to make someone else look really good, Eddie Kingston's a really great guy to do it with because this isn't a title picture, so automatically it doesn't matter as much. In any case, it's just there. Heel face, big guy, little guy. He's just there to kick people's asses. Like he really just gives you that vibe. So um, he even said it. And like the the feud with Punk, he was like, "I don't care about winning. I care about kicking your ass." That's kind of like a good microcosm of who he is across the board. I think so. I really like Garcia going over here because they are so good about the way that they book things that when they surprise you, it actually feels like it has has some weight to it. It's not 50-50, it's not meaningless. So when it's out of place, you're just like, oh, holy shit, look at that. Um, yeah. And that that's what this did to me. And I think to do it at the end of a rampage is really smart. And I think to do it at the end of a taping where your opening match went 60 minutes was probably a very good move live especially with a confusing ending, because it's like your crowd might be getting a little checked out. And then all of a sudden, like what the hell happened? So, um, I thought the match was really great. I thought, as you'd like to say, the gang wars after that overkill. Um, but I, I like when they do things like that, like that's a, that's fun. And it's rare enough that it makes sense.
0: They've, they've leaned out of the gang wars, like for every segment, every show, all that. So it doesn't bother me near as much. Like, my my issue with it was that they do it nonstop throughout every show, and uh, that's that's what drove me nuts. Cadillac Carson says wasn't sure about the ending of Rampage till I saw Jurassic Express and the Lucha Brothers. Now I'm good. Hope they win some gold. That's what you got. You got uh, Jungle Boy Jack Perry holding up that title and looking at it and saying, "Hey, a pal, what's up?" And that gets me excited. Because they are perpetually over team that have kind of just vanished a little bit. They were they were hanging out with Christian, and now they want those titles, and they should want those titles. It's where they should be.
1: Yeah, and I think I think a lot of people were like, "Whoa, Jungle Boy is going to get set up for a TNT title run after his match with Omega, especially." because he's just kind of broken out. You could very easily see him as a single star. He's identified as one of the pillars. Um, So I think the TNT picture might be a little stacked for a little bit. So putting them in the tag picture, at least, even if they don't win the belts is really smart. You might see some dissension with him and Christian a little bit. I think this is a, a great spot for them and to put them back in a meaningful picture after what felt like a very drawn out angle, I think is really, really wise. So I do like that. and. They have cut back mightily on the gang wars. This also just felt like they spilled a box of AEW stars at the end of it, though. Like, it just became a lot of people all of a sudden.
0: (laughs) Guys, wrapping up, get in in your uh, Super Chats and Humper Chats, please. Also, a reminder, Fightful Fight Night takes place Saturday night. Jake Paul versus Tyron Woodley, too. Steven Jensen will be here. We also have Grapsity as well. Check it out. Lots of fun stuff. David Ruckman says, I'm a fan of a lot of these guys, but really would love Proud and Powerful to get some love. Santana and Ortiz are too talented to not be at the top. This is where I think they got to do trios titles. There was enough on this show. Like, I I, I like this show. But if they had trios titles, why why couldn't they have been defended tonight? You know what I mean? And I know that they don't want to do overkill with titles. But when you added a second women's singles title instead of a women's tag title, I'm like, come on, you, you need to create something more for at least three big names to do. You've got enough people in your roster that can do that and, and run a good trios division.
1: Especially when you're such a stable, heavy company. Like it just, yes. it's it's so obvious and it's a great way to rotate a ton of talent in and out. Plus if LAX reforms. Oh my God, I'll freak out.
0: Daniel R says Ray Phoenix is my favorite wrestler to watch him and Dante Martin will be fire. Any underrated, matches in AEW have to see uh, i think if i underrated i would love to see anthony bowens and Stu grayson i think that would be a really good match that not a lot of people are talking about i don't think that i don't think they've wrestled on dark or anything uh, do you have any
1: uh i mean my guy that i need to see more of is ricky starks i love i love bowen so much like you you throw That's him great. in anything and i'm there but like as far as a, a match, I don't know, but I just I need more Ricky Starks on my television at hook 24/7, obviously.
0: Guys, thank you all so much. I want to thank uh, Share Delaware for stepping up and, and doing our moderation while Louise is out. Kate, tell the people where they can find you.
1: You can find me right here at Kate On Deck. I see. You can catch me on Tuesdays this week on the holiday bonus special, but also every Tuesday night after NXT doing sour graps right here on Fightful YouTube and Wednesdays. At the Mark Order Podcast, talking all things, all elite. And then hanging out with Mr. Sneaker Deal, eight-year contract. Hanging out with toy guys and being super cool all the time. Sean Ross Sapp on Fridays doing this show that you're watching right now. So tune back in.
0: (laughs) Thank you all so much. Until next time, we're out.